Welcome to the Bob Harden Show, bringing you news and commentary to keep you informed and enjoying life on the Paradise Coast. And now, here's your host, Bob Harden. Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning. Johnson's Air Conditioning is Naples' longest established air conditioning company. They do terrific work, and you can find out more by visiting the website, johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. We have a terrific show for you today, including special guest Keith Flaw. Keith is the co-founder and CEO of the Florida Citizens Alliance, a terrific organization working to improve public education here in the state of Florida. Michael Kennedy is director of health policy studies at the Cato Institute. Seton Motley is the founder and president of Less Government, and the former mayor of Naples, Bill Barnett, will be joining us as well. It is February the 15th, and on this day in 1898, a massive explosion of unknown origin sunk the battleship USS Maine in Cuba's Havana, killing more than 260 of the 350-plus American crew members aboard of the first American, one of the first American battleships. The Maine weighed more than 6,000 tons and was built at a cost of more than $2 million dollars. Ostensibly a friendly visit, the Maine had been sent to Cuba to protect the interests of Americans that had a rebellion against Spanish rule that broke out in Havana in January. An official U.S. Naval Court of Inquiry ruled that March that the ship was blown up by a mine without directly placing the blame on Spain. Much of Congress and a majority of the American public expressed little doubt that Spain was responsible and called for a declaration of war. Subsequent diplomatic failures to resolve the main matter, coupled with the United States' indignation over Spain's brutal suppression of the Cuban Rebellion and the continued losses to American investment, led to the outbreak of the Spanish-American War in April 1898. Within three months, the United States had decisively defeated Spain's forces on land and sea, and in August, an armistice halted the fighting. On December the 12th, 1898, the Treaty of Paris was signed between the United States and Spain, officially ending the Spanish-American War and granting the United States its first overseas empire with the ceding of such former Spanish possessions as Puerto Rico, Guam, and the Philippines. In 1976, a team of American naval investigators concluded that the main explosion was likely caused by a fire that ignited its ammunition stocks, not by the Spanish mine or an act of sabotage. Makes so much sense to really deliberate before going to war, doesn't it? Well, stocks rose yesterday as as if to declare that we are back after the plunging uh, following Tuesday's unexpected hot inflation report. Investors hit the gas on Uber or Uber uh, when the company revealed it would buy back $7 billion worth of its shares in a first-ever repurchase plan. Lyft's earnings uh, press release Tuesday said that it was a profit margin was expected to grow this year by 500 basis points. That's 5%. When it meant to say uh, 50 basis points or 0.5%, the errant zero sent the uh, stock market soaring more than 60, or the stock itself soaring more than 60% in extended training, only to fall when the company corrected the mistake. I think it ended up about up 15% by the uh, time after the correction. <clears throat> Got to watch those mistakes. Well, tragically, at least one person was killed and 21 others were wounded after a shooting broke out near Kansas City's Union Station following the conclusion of the Chiefs' celebratory Super Bowl parade. As of this writing, 15 victims had uh, life-threatening injuries and two in critical condition. Eight of those wounded were children. Officials say the shooting was neither terrorism nor a targeted attack. Gunman erupt, uh, gunfire erupted around 2 p.m. local time after at least two people began arguing near the end of the route where the Chiefs were celebrating Sunday's title win. An estimated 1 million people were in the larger area with crowds making their way into the train station to leave when the incident occurred. Details of what led up to the altercation are still being pieced together. Three people were said to have been de- detained by police. The victim was uh, fatally shot, he said, was uh, Lisa Gomez Galvin, a local radio DJ. 
Uh, more broadly, gun violence in Kansas City has steadily rose in recent years. Last year was the deadliest on record in the city with 185 homicides, more than 90% of which were firearm-related. So uh, the mayor alluded to the fact that guns are a problem. <clears throat> I would suggest it's not the guns that are the problem, it's the people that are the problem. And uh, it's just like dynamite. It can be used for good or for evil. And uh, in this case, of course, the guns were used for evil. But uh, to end up uh, gun control and all these uh, maneuvers tend to really punish the innocent at the expense of those that are not going to give up their guns because of more laws. So uh, just, uh, again, encourage some, again, deliberative thought into the decisions that are made around all this. Well, Israeli, Israeli forces launched a series of strikes across parts of the neighboring Lebanon yesterday in retaliation for cross-border fire from Hezbollah fighters that killed one Israeli soldier and wounded eight others, including seven civilians. At least three Lebanese civilians and one militant were killed in the strikes. Escalating tensions between both sides have stoked fears that current Israeli-Hamas uh, war in Israel and Gaza may spiral into a broader conflict. Hezbollah, like uh, Hamas, is backed by uh, Iran and designated by the U.S. as a terrorist organization. The group is the dominant political force in Lebanon and claims to have as many as 100,000 fighters, more than double that of Hamas. Well, Hamas is... Uh, fighters have been downed uh, substantially since the uh, beginning of the conflict in Gaza. Uh, Hezbollah fighters have been kept up nearly continuous fire across the Israeli's northern border since October. So a real concern about what's developing in the Middle East. And in, in addition, as Israel continues its war against Hamas and Gaza, it continues to uncover the sophisticated network of tunnels the terrorist organization has developed over the years. One such commander tunnel that the IDF uh, followed led directly into the United Nations Relief and Work Agency, or UNRWA, headquarters in Gaza. It's unbelievable. This uh, space under this uh, agency uh, that the tunnel led into contained a full-scale Hamas command center with data servers that were powered by the UNRWA headquarters directly above it. Can you believe that? They were all plugged into the headquarters. <clears throat> Furthermore, IDF noted large quantities of weapons were found inside the rooms of the building, including rifles, ammunition, grenades, and explosives. Intelligence of documents discovered in the office of the UNRWA officials uh, confirmed that the offices had, in fact, been used by the ter Hamas terrorists. Predictably, uh, UNRWA officials played dumb, claiming they had left the building five days after the war started and were unable to confirm or otherwise comment on the IDF discoveries. Leaders met in uh, Cairo to negotiate a Gaza ceasefire agreement. CIA Director William Burns held talks with Egyptian President al-Sisi and the Qatari Prime Minister and David Barnea, the head of Israel's Mossad intelligence agency, in an attempt to ne uh, advance negotiations between Israel and Hamas. Uh, nothing's going to come of this because Hamas is demanding an end to the war, and that is off the table uh, when it comes uh, to Netanyahu. Well, Russian President Vladimir Putin told Russian television on Wednesday, and he must have done this tongue-in-cheek, that he would prefer to see... President Joe Biden defeat former President Donald Trump in the 2024 election, that according to the Financial Times. The Russian president mused that Biden was more experienced, predictable, and old-school politician, but emphasized that Russia would work with any U.S. leader who wins the trust of the American people. Uh, the Russian president commented may, may have been somewhat tongue-in-cheek, Reuters noted. For instance, Putin appeared to defend Biden for concerns about his alleged medical metal de decline by saying that he saw no evidence of it, the Financial Times noted. The Russian leader also recounted a story of Biden hitting his head on a helicopter but asked, who hasn't banked their head against something? <laughs> the outlet reported. Uh, unbelievable. I think, uh, just, I think this demonstrates Putin's uh, kind of wry sense of humor. Debate over Biden's mental acuity has surged, of course, following the uh, publication of Special Counsel Robert Hur's report, which cited Biden's pr uh, presentation of himself during the interview as a sympathetic, well-meaning elderly man with a poor memory as a reason to not press charges against him for illegal retention of documents. Putin's comments came <clears throat> a day after Biden accused 
Trump of being overly submissive towards Russia. No other president in history has bowed down to a Russian dictator, Biden said, according to the BBC. Let me say this as clearly as I can. I never will. For God's sake, it's dumb, it's shameful, it's dangerous, it's un-American, said Biden. Biden's comments uh, came in response to Trump's musing as a Saturday rally about the NATO countries should pay their fair share for American protection. No, I wouldn't protect you, Trump said, referring to NATO's uh, members that failed to pay the defense obligations. In fact, I would encourage the Russians to do whatever they want. you got to pay. Well, you know, at, since he made those comments, uh, many have started to pay up and pay their fair share. So it had a positive effect. Uh, not the negative effect, of course, that the Democrats are trying to uh, say that occurred as a result of his comments. If the U.S. thinks they don't need NATO anymore, then that's their decision, Pluto said during the Wednesday interview in response to Trump's remarks, according to the Financial Times. So Putin's back in Biden and, uh, again, doing it tongue-in-cheek. Well, the CDC is reportedly considering dropping its five-day COVID isolation recommendation Starting in April, the agency will instead advise Americans they no longer need to stay home if they are fever-free for at least 24 hours with the help of uh, medication and their own symptoms are improving, the Washington Post reported. The guidelines under consideration would uh, mark the CDC's first change to COVID isolation protocol since 2021, come as most Americans have some immunity to the virus from vaccination or prior infection, According to experts, the decision would align COVID guidelines with those of flu and RSV. So CDC, bending on some of its requirements, it's so foolish to have this isolation thing. Uh, and uh, they've sustained it now for how many years? Three years? Amazing. Well, last year, John Durham, uh, a special prosecutor for the Department of Justice, concluded that the Federal Bureau of Investigation should have opened its investigation, should never have opened its investigation uh, of alleged collusion by then presidential candidate Donald Trump and Russia in late July of 2016. Now, multiple credible sources say the United States intelligence community, including the Central Intelligence Agency, illegally mobilized foreign intelligence agencies to target Trump advisors long before the summer of 2016. The new information fills many gaps in our understanding of the Russian collusion hoax and is supported by testimony already in public record. Until now, the official story had been that the FBI's investigation against being uh, began after Australian intelligence officials told the U.S. officials that a Trump aide had boasted to the Australian uh, diplomat that Russia had uh, damning material about the Democrat presidential candidate Hillary Clinton. In truth, the United States intelligence community asked the Five Eyes Intelligence Agent Alliance to surveil Trump's associates and share the intelligence they acquired with U.S. agencies. And those uh, Five Eyes nations are U.S., uh, U.K., Canada, Australia, and New Zealand. And this is just, uh, this is appalling. President Barack Obama's CIA director, John Brennan, identified 26 Trump associates for the Five Eyes to Target. Source confirmed that IC had identified them as people to bump or make contact with or manipulate. They were targets of uh, our own IC, or intelligence community at law enforcement, targets for collection and misinformation. Can you believe that? That is just so atrocious and unacceptable. Again, using the CIA and other intelligence firms for political surveillance. Unbelievable. This segment of the show brought to you by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning, Naples' longest established air conditioning company. I hope you visit the website, johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date. By reading Life in Naples, the website is lifeinnaples.net. Coming up, Keith Law, co-founder of the Florida Citizens Alliance, that and more, right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. I'm Bob Harden, the host of The Bob Harden Show. One of my favorites for breakfast or lunch is Lula Bee's Diner, providing great service, fabulous food, and a rockin' good time. 
Lullaby's Diner is a throwback to the 60s, complete with great music and a fabulous 60s decor. What I like best is a blend of great food, great value, and terrific service. Most of the friendly waitstaff has been part of Lullaby's for years. I enjoy the great choices for breakfast and lunch, and you'll find the menu has everything and anything to satisfy your taste. Lullaby's offers catering, party platters, lunch boxes, and more. Lullaby's Diner will quickly become one of your favorites for breakfast or lunch. No reservations are needed. Check out the website at lulubees.com and stop by Lulubees Diner, open from 8 a.m. until 2 p.m., seven days a week. And now serving dinner, 4 to 8 p.m., Wednesdays through Saturdays, a terrific menu. Lulubees Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center at the corner of Immokalee and Airport Pulling Roads. Stop by Lulubees Diner for fabulous food and for a forever cool rockin' good time. Collier County Sheriff Kevin Rambaugh says the number one reason the elderly become victims is isolation. The Collier Senior Center goes a long way in keeping seniors connected with the community and with each other. The Collier Senior Center, located at 4898 Coronado Parkway in Golden Gate, provides comprehensive information regarding services and resources that affect the quality of life of older adults and their caregivers in Collier County, empowering them to maintain independent and meaningful lives. Here's Esther Lully, director of Collier Senior Center. Everyone, every senior is welcome. There's diversity there. It's vibrant. It's a caring atmosphere. So there's a reason we offer the services and programs that we do. We want to help enrich the lives of senior members and provide support to their caregivers. Want to find out more? Visit CollierSeniorCenter.org. That's CollierSeniorCenter.org. Or call the Collier Senior Center at 239-252-4541. That's 252 252- 4541 Welcome back to the Bob Harden show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. We're providing you news and commentary rooted in a commitment to individual liberty, personal responsibility, limited government and the rule of law. Coming up, we're going to be visiting with Michael Cannon, Director of Health Policy Studies at the Cato Institute. Right now, we have with us Keith Flaw. He is a co-founder and CEO of the Florida Citizens Alliance. Keith, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Good morning, Bob. Good morning, Keith. Tell us about the Florida Citizens Alliance. Uh, happy to. Uh, yeah, Florida Citizens Alliance uh, has been around since about 2013. Uh, we are a coalition of... Uh, Lots of different groups and people across the state of Florida, and we focus on K through 12 education. Uh, we have over 300,000 supporters now across the state, uh, and we get involved in issues like promoting uh, parental rights, uh, promoting school choice without government intervention, and uh, and getting rid of the indoctrination that's in our schools. Doing a terrific job, and. Uh... There's a reason why uh, Florida is number one when it comes to public education, and, and I think in large part it comes from the work of the Florida Citizens Alliance. I proudly am a founding member of the Florida Citizens Alliance, and I hope you'll visit the website, goflca.org, goflca.org. So, Keith, I understand we have a couple of local issues here uh, with regard to not just education but other things that are going on. Well, they both are uh, connected to education. Uh, one of them uh, it might be stretching in the minds of some of your listeners, but I'll connect those dots. Uh, on the 20th of February, the Marco Island City Council is uh, got a second reading of the uh, uh, Bill of Rights Ordinance uh, where the, the uh, counselors would uh, commit to protecting the individual rights of its citizens. Uh, that same uh, ordinance passed the the, mark, uh, the uh, Board of County Commission uh, last uh, summer. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was in August. But the um, the, the uh, city, uh, both Naples and Marco Island, since they're separate city entities, uh, they're not bound by that uh, um, county ordinance. So uh, uh, they have to pass, uh, quote-unquote, their, their own version of it. Um, uh, we, we're getting a, a, a little bit of backlash from local residents who uh, have no understanding of the Constitution. It's just kind of mind-boggling. Uh, but they're trying to tell, the city manager is actually trying to tell the, the uh, c- counselors that while they swear an oath to protect and defend the, the U.S. Constitution, they have no right to interpret it. 
I, I, our, our founders would roll over in their grave, I think, if, if, yeah. if that were true. So uh, anyway, the, the, we're, we're urging uh, uh, anybody in the county, but particularly those on Marco Island, to show up and, uh, and urge the, uh, the city council to uh, pass this ordinance. Again, it's already passed um, in, in, in the uh, county. Well, I, I'll say this. I mean, we're slowly but surely. It's not actually that all that slow. Seeing our uh, liberties eroded, by, and we're becoming a police state. So I think anything they can do to put a stake in the ground with regard to our liberties and freedom is a good thing. So um, I just encourage them to rethink this entire thing and, and, and support the, the movement. It may not do much in terms of uh, creating a new position or new law, uh, laws or anything like that, but what it does do is gives affirmation, I think, to uh, politicians, elected f- uh, folks, to support the Constitution when it's being uh, accosted by uh, federal officials. Yeah, well, I, th- I think, uh, you know, I would argue aggressively that uh, every one of our federal agencies are, are stampeding yeah. uh, toward taking away our individual rights in every which way they can think about it. So it really is, and it's only going to get worse, so... Right. Uh, we need to get our local officials uh, to, to to be the first line of defense. Well, thank you for that update, Keith. Any, any anything else going on? Yeah, uh, uh, on Tuesday, the Collier County School Board adopted uh, social studies books uh, f- for the next four years. Um, what that means is that uh, from that date of adoption, the public can call your county. Uh, all residents uh, have thirty days to review those books. Uh, we're mounting a, a concerted effort to get volunteers to review those books. We're particularly focused in social studies on, you know, the indoctrination, um, whether or not they contain social-emotional learning, critical race theory, uh, and those kinds of issues. Uh, so uh, we welcome um, uh, folks to join us and, uh, and help review those books. So they could go to GoFLCA. Dot org, go FLCA, or express an interest in being supportive in the effort? Yes, yes, we, and we'd love to have, um, you know, it, it, reading a book electronically um, is not always fun, but uh, it really is important that we, uh, as citizens of the county, understand what, uh, what they're indoctrinating our kids with, or uh, if they're indoctrinating our kids. Right. And this this is a local opportunity to influence that process. Well, thank you for that, Keith. And I th- hope some folks will, uh, a- again, when you're reading the book, I, mean, I think it'll become a, a very apparent, apparent when there's offensive material in there, for example, you know, uh, f- uh, identity politics and all the nonsense that uh, can be included within uh, some textbooks. So uh, it's an important project. Uh, for sure. Um, and, and again, we just do appreciate uh, People are interested in helping protect our kids from that kind of stuff to be involved. Absolutely. Now, before I let you go, I know you've got a big event coming up. Yeah, our big annual fundraiser is less than a month away now. Time, time's flying by. Uh, we have uh, March 13th at the uh, Ritz on the Beach. Uh, we are bringing in Dinesh D'Souza uh, and uh, a fellow by the name of Kanye Boyack, who is the, the founder of the of uh, some great books for kids called the Tuttle Twins. Uh, that'll be on March 13th. Um, we uh, are selling tickets. Uh, we invite people to uh, uh, buy a ticket. And Alfie Oaks is, uh, if you use his code, is giving a hundred dollar gift certificate to any of his stores if you buy a ticket. So uh, we invite you to come out support us. This is a major run- fundraiser that lets us do everything we do. Uh, to help protect our kids. Yeah, and I will tell you, it's a very efficient organization, and uh, they watch every farthing that comes through the till, so uh, your support will mean a lot to the Florida Citizens Alliance. GoFLCA.org. Get some tickets to the upcoming event on March the 13th. Keith, I really appreciate your comments and, and commentary on the show. Thank you, Bob, and the uh, best to your listeners, and uh, have a great rest of your week and weekend. You as well. Thank you, Keith. All right, coming up, I'm going to be visiting with Michael Cannon, Director of Health Policy Studies at the Cato Institute. That and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. 
you have questions about your retirement, Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratistel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Thanks so much for listening to The Bob Harden Show. Are you seeking new customers or contacts for your business? Why not promote your business to our loyal listeners? Join Johnson's Air Conditioning, Blue Provence, the Collier Senior Center, Lulabee's Diner, and many others who've been advertising on the show, in many cases, for years. The rates are reasonable, and there's no required long-term commitments or contracts. Let me help you promote your business to our loyal listeners here on The Bob Harden Show. Visit the website, bobharden.com, or send me an email at bobharden at hotmail.com. That's bobharden at hotmail.com. Welcome back to The Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Tim Garrett, candidate for Cuyahoga County Supervisor of Elections. Tim's a 33-year resident of Cuyahoga County, a military veteran, a retired sheriff's officer, and a graduate of the FBI National Academy. He stands for Safe, Secure, Ethical Elections in Cuyahoga County. Vote for Tim Garrett and check out his website, votefortimgarrett.com. Paid for by Tim Gret, Republican for Cuyahoga County Supervisor of Elections. Coming up, we're going to be visiting with the former mayor of Naples, Bill Barnett. Right now we have with us Michael Cannon. He is the director of health policy studies at the Cato Institute. Michael, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Great to be back, Bob. Thank you, Michael. Tell us about the Cato Institute. We are a libertarian think tank in Washington, D.C., Uh, We try to promote the ideas of individual liberty, limited government, free markets, and peace. Terrific organization. Check out the very robust website, Cato.org, C-A-T-O.org. I understand uh, that our health and care is not getting less expensive. In fact, uh, costs are continuing to spiral. I understand you've got a couple of uh, recent articles that uh, support that. Uh, Yeah, a cluster of articles came in the news uh, this week that really illustrate why the U.S. health sector is so expensive. You know, the main complaint we hear from at least the left side of the uh, political aisle is that the U.S. health sector uh, spends more money than any other health sector in the entire uh, world. It consumes more on a per capita basis on a, as a share of GDP. And usually people blame this on markets on the, on the United States supposedly having a free market in healthcare because healthcare is a special sector of the U.S. economy where markets don't work. Uh, this is what you get when you leave healthcare to market forces. And, and so that leads people like the governor of New York to go begging to the federal government for another $750 million, another $750 million in federal funding to provide health insurance coverage to people. Yeah. That's, that's money that's going to buy, buy, the, by the way, the federal government is just going to heap on top of the national debt. Now, that's by the way, that, Michael, wouldn't it be fair to say that the real reason for the spiraling health care is because the government is involved in the process and setting well, the... Well, that's, that's the thing. That's the thing. They turn to the federal... We turn to the government, the state governments or the federal government, and we get all this additional funding, which, first of all, just spends more money on an already expensive program. If the, if the problem is if we're spending too much... Why are you turning uh, to uh, the tax man to, to extract more money from consumers and taxpayers in order to increase health care spending even more? So yeah. that suggests a problem right there. But uh, that's one of the stories to come out this week is that $750 million for New York. That's your tax dollars, by the way, Bob. Absolutely. Well, and, but the other two stories are about what happens when the government starts spending money on health care. Uh, one of the stories is there's a, there's a fight happening in Congress between hospitals and doctors over how much Medicare pays them. You and I have talked before about how 
Medicare will pay a hospital $2,000 to do a cataract removal when doctors are willing to do it for Mm $1,000. Medicare is supposed to negotiate really good prices. It has all this purchasing power, uh, the left tells us. But in fact, Medicare overpays all the time. And cataracts are one example, but there are tons of examples where Medicare sets the prices for hospitals higher just because hospitals have better lobbyists. And then when Congress tries or anyone tries to come in and reduce those prices that hospitals get, uh, the, the, the hospitals block them. And meanwhile, a lot of people complain about doctors buying up hospital practices. That's partly because hospitals will, if they you know, if they buy up the doctor's practice, then that doctor that was getting $1,000 for cataract removal uh, from Medicare will now get $2,000. The yeah. doctor in the hospital can split that extra $1,000. So it's also driving... Uh, consolidation in, in the health sector, and it just goes on and on year after year. But my favorite of the three stories uh, is uh, what is happening with catheter bills in Medicare. You know, just a couple of years ago, the number of uh, catheters that uh, a, no, a handful of companies were billing Medicare for was about 50,000 catheters per year, mm-hmm. Okay. But in last year, the number that number fifty thousand shot up to four hundred and fifty thousand. There were Medicare enrollees seeing statements that said that they had ordered twelve thousand catheters themselves. The companies that were doing this billed Medicare for an extra two billion dollars for these catheters, but there's no evidence that those additional catheters ever existed, much less were delivered to anybody. But Medicare still paid for them. What's going on here, Bob? It's a scam. People got some Medicare uh, provider numbers. They build the Medicare program for, for goods that they never provided. And Medicare paid because this is what Medicare does. Nobody spends other people's money as carefully as they spend their own. The Medicare program is just government bureau- politicians and government bureaucrats spending other people's money. And they don't pay any attention to whether someone is scamming the taxpayers. And so people get away with this sort of fraud all the time. And the way that the public found out about this particular fraud wasn't even that the Medicare program caught onto it and alerted the public. It's because a private sector organization noticed this and did an investigation, and the Medicare program had no comment. That is so interesting. You know, my experience is that the the policing power of Medicare is so inept in fact, what happens is they just allow bad practices to continue until somebody complains or there is a complaint or there's a political motivation to go in and correct the problem. And that's when they begin the investigations and hold people accountable. But it can be years between those incidents. There's a joke among uh, health policy folks and government watchdogs that the way Medicare and Medicaid and all government health programs, police fraud, is something we call pay and chase. In other words, when a bill comes in, the government doesn't check right then to see if it's fraudulent or not. They just pay it. Right. They always pay it. Right. The Medicare program is like an ATM, where as long as you've got to punch the right numbers in, it'll spit out money without any regard to whether you're committing fraud or not. And, and if they want to investigate fraud, they don't do it very often, but they do it after they make that payment. And if they find a payment was fraudulent, they then try to chase down the fraudster and get that money back. And it almost it almost never happens, first of all. And when it does, it almost never works. Well, that seems to me like a very simple thing that we could simply uh, the Medicare could simply improve the policing uh, process of payments and uh, check on you know just to check on the various payments, even at random. That would enforce perhaps a more careful. Uh, a payment of uh, money that's going out, but instead they just let it. They just pay without any kind of consideration whatsoever, whether it might be fraudulent or not. You know, you would think it would make sense for Medicare to do something like that, but here's the problem, Bob. There is a fraud lobby. There are healthcare providers out there who, whenever Medicare tries to put an additional burden on them, it says you should. Uh, provide us this additional information, or if we have questions about your billing practices, we are going to put a freeze on any payments until we find out what's happening. 
those folks go to their members of Congress and they complain and they get those measures undone. So they are really protecting fraud in a way that they just couldn't if you and I, if the consumer was the one controlling the money, because we would have the power to withhold money from people we thought were ripping us off. And there wouldn't be any politics involved. There wouldn't be any. They couldn't send their lobbyists after you and me to say, no, no, you have to keep paying. We tell them to go jump in a lake. Yeah. But what happens when you put insert government into healthcare is you insert those sorts of politics and that sort of special interest uh, lobbying and rent seeking into these decisions, and you end up with wildly uh, a wildly expensive healthcare sector that is rife with fraud. I have no idea what percentage of uh, yeah how how much uh, what you just described drives up the costs of uh, of healthcare, but I'm sure it's not insignificant. Fact of the matter is that if we had more reliance on private sector and less of reliance on the federal government, uh, we would be a lot better off. And it, but it's not just the uh, reliance on the private sector. Most of the, if not all of the, uh, healthcare providers that we're talking about here are in what we call the private sector, and they're getting money from government and lobbying for more money from government. What we need is a market where market actors, rather than political actors, are making the decisions about who gets that money and who doesn't. And and you can still have the government play a role. If the government just gave Medicare enrollees cash, like Social Security does, and trusted them to spend it, fraud in Medicare would plummet. Yeah. It, there would still be fraud. I mean, come on, it's still government. Yeah. Uh, there's fraud in the Social Security program, but the fraud is a lot less than it is in the Medicare program because giving people cash is so much less complex than billions of trans of, of healthcare transactions every year that the government can't possibly police. Michael Cannon, again, Director of Health Policy Studies at the Cato Institute, doing terrific work. Again, I encourage you to visit cato.org, C-A-T-O. Mike, I really appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Always a pleasure, Bob. Thank you, Michael. All right, coming up, we're going to be visiting with Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. That and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting uh, Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Two-thirds of parents prefer educational options for their children, with 40% strongly preferring options for their child's education. School choice is a growing movement, one that is already lifting thousands of kids across America. The Optima Foundation, a 501c3 nonprofit corporation, was founded to support the establishment and expansion of superior quality schools of choice. Optima's goal was the successful launch of Hillsdale College Varney Charter School, Initiative Classical Academies, and other schools of excellence across the state of Florida, serving kindergarten through the 12th grade. The mission is to train the minds and improve the hearts of young people through a content-rich classical education in the liberal arts and sciences with instruction in the principles of moral character and civic virtue. And a terrific product of the process, Naples Classical Academy has already opened here in Naples. You can find out more by visiting the website Optima.Foundation. Help children in Florida optimize their educational opportunities. Visit www.Optima.Foundation. Do you suffer from joint pain in your shoulders, hips, or knees? I was suffering from debilitating pain in my knees. On a referral, I saw Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine. He successfully treated my symptoms and pain for several months. Finally, having exhausted all alternatives for pain management, Dr. Markovich and I agreed that surgery was my best alternative. Dr. Markovich replaced both of my knees in 2006, and I now have full range of motion in both knees, and I have no pain. I now I'll play golf and exercise free of debilitating pain in my knees. Don't suffer needlessly with joint pain. Call orthopedic surgeon Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine at 482-5399. That's 482-5399. He did a great job for me and he'll help you too. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. 
Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Gulf Shore Playhouse, changing lives through exceptional theater experiences and now completing a 44,000-square-foot performing arts center in downtown Naples. It's going to be absolutely terrific. And you can find out more and get tickets for performances coming up soon. And uh, you can visit Gulf Shore Playhouse. Org. Coming up, we're going to visit with the former mayor of Naples, Bill Barnett. Right now we have with us Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Seton, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Good morning, sir. Seton, last week we talked a little about uh, some of the things that are indicating bubbles showing up here in our national economy, but it's not just here, it's also around the globe. Yeah, I ported you the uh, Reuters uh, email. It was Bloomberg or Reuters. I, I can't remember. It's all, it's all a blur of left-wing syndicated news. Um, but UK and recession and uh, Japan have gone into recession. And the UK is interesting because they were the ones indicating, uh, Janet Yellen spoke specifically about the UK, UK uh, last week about uh, the commercial real estate problem that exists around the world. Mm -hmm. And she mentioned a UK bank specifically, if I remember properly. And now both the UK and Japan are in recession. And that, of course, means two quarters of negative GDP growth, meaning shrinking GDP. Uh, don't you love all this terminology, negative growth? No, yeah. that, well, that's shrinking. <laughs> that's, that's, well, let's, um, let, me, let me point out... Jumbo shrimp, Bob. Yeah, let, um, let me point out that... <laughs> Jumbo shrimp. That's good. Let me point out that uh, what's happening in Ch China also. I mean, the the explosion or the the, the uh, cratering 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 of the uh, real estate market in, in in China is just unbelievable. Well, they they did what we've been doing, which is having the government prop up the housing market, and that always leads to a bubble because at some point, it, it, uh, another great example is the. Um, Green energy. Uh, it's entirely predicated upon government money. Yeah. And in the early 2000s, if I recall properly, in the early, no, in the early 2010s, Europe, well, uh, the European Union just decided to stop subsidizing green energy and the whole uh, sector imploded. As soon as the government money stopped, the entire sector imploded. And then they quickly reinflated it with massive infusions of government money. Yeah. Well, anything that's anything that's subsidized by government money is going to be run wrong, because government spending other people's money is there's no human nature involvement there. You're you're not going to spend it as wisely or well as the people who earn the money, whose money it actually belongs. It is, um, and so they they spent a lot of money building a lot of, you know for old people like me, Potemkin villages, which is what Russia used to set up when they were the Soviet Union, and Westerners would come to see what was going on in the Soviet Union, and they'd have these great villages set up, uh -huh. you know, with, with that looked spectacular, and they were empty because no one actually lived there. They were set up for the visit. And, um, I remember reading about North Korea had this amazing restaurant that nobody ate in, but every day, twice a day, the, the waitstaff set up the tables with all the cutlery and and plateware flatware and and you know i just set up the, this massive dining hall every day and nobody ate there but twice a day they set it up um it's it, it reminds me of the um old county joke government joke the guy's driving behind a truck on a two-lane rural road and he's stuck behind the county landscaping truck and every 50 yards two guys jump out one digs a hole one fills it in Yep. 50 yards later, someone digs a hole and the other one fills it in. Finally, he looks, it's clear. He drives up beside the driver and said, what the heck are you guys doing? And the guy said, the guy that plants the trees called in sick. <laughs> and, and, and that's basically, that's government make work. They're yeah. never going to actually produce anything of, of value and substance. Um, and even if they do, look, if you shotgun money out there, you're going to get some ancillary benefit. Yeah. But the cost-benefit ratio is always way, way upside down. Yeah, the, the, and, there's there's a, there's a phenomenon that's occurred. Though. I think this this late, most recent real estate bubble is developing in commercial real estate. And after the pandemic or during the pandemic, people started to work at home. And right, we have hundreds of millions of humans that used to go into offices that don't anymore around the planet. Yeah, and I specifically said on Tuesday around the planet because this is more than just a U.S. problem. The commercial real estate. Uh, yeah. 
over overreach. Yeah, it's everywhere. There's a New York there's a New York bank that's a, that's looking. It's a midsize that's looking to go under, and that's because it's heavily invested in New York City real estate. And there are fewer places on the planet, you know, outside of Sri Lanka that you don't want to be if you're a business than New York City. Um, and so, yeah, so yes, these these bubbles are coming. Like I said, Yellen cited England specifically, and now here we are; they're in recession. Uh, Japan didn't mention so Yellen didn't mention Japan; they're now in recession. And I just think, you know, just because we didn't get there first, like we did in two thousand and eight, which is what happened, we we instigated the whole thing because it was our mortgage-backed securities that we polluted the planet with the, the, the other, other nations were buying as, as, as investments just because we're not leading the charge on, on recession and default and all that. Um, although we are, in de- we are in default. The problem is our economy is so big that, you know, the, the similar percentage of default rates in the U S won't bring down the U S but it will bring down a smaller economy like Europe, like England or Japan. Yeah. And Japan's a pretty good sized economy and the fact that it's going it's in recession now is not a very good indicator. Well, and not only do you have the real estate prices that'll begin to suffer and you'll have foreclosures, but you'll also begin to see uh, mid-sized banks, regional banks begin to close and and suffer as a result of uh, the uh, inability And of- then we go and bail out we'll do what we did in 2008, which is what I wrote a couple of weeks ago. We'll go in, we'll hand them trillions of dollars the big banks, trillions of dollars in bailout money. They've already got Dodd-Frank on the books, which kills small banks, and yeah. they killed thousands of them. And the big banks took our our bailout money and bought up the the, the you know the pieces of the broken banks on the cheap because, of course, it's a bankruptcy, it's a fire sale, and so they got bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger when the whole point of the law allegedly was too big to fail. And now here we are again because you, it's too. It's too complicated for the government. To, this is what we saw with the stupid COVID lockdowns, mm-hmm. where they tried to do the PPP or whatever the heck it was. That you know, they're not going to be able to successfully discern small businesses, mom and pop shops in every town in America. The, the government is a cannon. It's not a rifle. It's not a precision instrument. It's a it's a double sided axe. It's not a scalpel. And so all they can think to do of in, in these circumstances is bail out the biggest businesses they see in the sector. And that's what happened in 2008, and it's going to happen again this time. And meanwhile, like you said, the small banks have pretty much been eliminated. Now the regional ones are going to go down, and we're going to be left with, you know, idiocracy, four big banks where you walk into Wells Fargo and they go, hello, I love you. Um, and that's what we're going to have left is yeah. – is, um, is is a few small you know few giant banks uh in 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 crony uh cooperation with big government Seton, you're absolutely right in fact the, the smaller banks i mean the, the larger banks resent the fact that they have much more paperwork and much more uh, regulations many more regulations to have to deal with but they know it's going to put their smaller competitors out of business and they do it with a smile they don't even resent it they re- they write the law to do it seat my begin the god frank which is what created the <clears throat> the government bureaucracy that that killed all their competitors. Well, let's just hope that the the Supreme Court takes a good look at that uh, as well. Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. I hope you'll visit the website, lessgovernment.org. Also, you can visit Less Government on Facebook. Seton, always appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you very much, sir. My pleasure indeed. All right, coming up, the former mayor of Naples, Bill Barnett. That and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harton Show here on the Bob Harton Broadcasting Network. Do you have questions about your retirement? Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratistel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. 
A confident retirement approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Blue Provence Restaurant is a favorite dining destination for many Neapolitans, including Linda and myself. Blue Provence, located in a historic building in the heart of Old Naples at Creighton Cove, offers a mix of French bistro cooking with bold, fresh Floridian flavors. Experience award-winning cuisine at Blue Provence and enjoy one of Florida's most extensive, eclectic, and fun wine cellars. Dining your choice of the popular Eden Bar, the intimate Courtyard Garden, or the beautiful Provencal Caribbean Dining Room. Enjoy a wonderful and memorable evening in a casual and relaxed atmosphere that includes a taste of Provencal hospitality. Blue Provence is open seven days a week, all year round. Visit BlueProvenceNaples.com for reservations, everyday specials, and coming events. That's BlueProvenceNaples.com or call 261-8239. That's 261-8239. Blue Provence French Restaurant in the heart of Old Naples. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the Foundation for Government Accountability. I proudly serve on their board. They help prepare elected officials to have winning strategies in their elected offices. You can find out more by visiting the website, thefga.org. We have with us the former mayor of Naples, Bill Barnett. Bill, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Bob, my pleasure as always. Well, thank you, Uh, Bill. So um, I guess we're done with football. (laughs) In a a matter of speaking. In in a matter of speaking. It was very sad to see uh, uh, Kansas City shooting yesterday. I don't know if you you saw that or not after the big parade. Absolutely. I I just, you know, it just goes, it's not, it it just seems to be all over, Bob. You know what I mean? Um, When you, you pick up a paper or you start, reading or you look at the news and it's just um it kind of makes you wonder and it makes you think back back years when we didn't have that stuff and uh you know if you uh it's, it's just sad to see um local local politics um it really makes me sick to my stomach you know you got you have some very very good candidates and you have some that are uh uh that are very questionable and the, the, there's a lot of vicious people out there. Yep. Um, you see it. Um, we we see it all the time. And if you don't know, it's very very difficult. I write, um, uh, you know, as much as I can about it, and I t- talk to a lot of people. Ask me, you know, who's who's my choice and why? Okay, and I tell them you got to do your homework because they're making up. Um, now they're doing um, fake websites, Bob. On on. Um, uh, you know, what with text and everything, so you can go to this website and they, they use a candidate's name, okay, who certainly didn't endorse it. But by the time you go and you're going to complain, you know, file a complaint with the ethics or whomever you file with, the election's long over. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? I do. And, and, and uh, people get duped uh, unless they hear the actual candidate talking. They, they see here this one's you know the biggest overdeveloped uh, um, and favorite you know who cares about all she wants is big houses or all she wants is this or that or the other thing and it's so not true, right? That well, it's unbelievable. But what do you do? Well, my my opinion is that I think a lot of I say is that we we've lost the art of uh, of emotional control and we've lost the art of. Uh, uh, negotiating and and uh, solving problems without vi- violence or conflict. So uh, yeah, I'm not sure if we've dropped the ball in the schools. I'm sure we've dropped it in families. But in my opinion, I mean, uh, and then typically speaking, when these things things occur, it comes down to trying to control guns and that kind of thing. But you know, that just that just uh, of course, people that follow the law, good citizens are going to follow the law and uh, do whatever the law says. But you know, the criminals, the bad guys, they don't do that. So it just no. it makes us all more vulnerable we need yeah. more we need more training on conflict resolution and we learn need to learn how to place getting along and being able to shake hands after discussion than being able to resent and uh, I, defame. I don't know 
I don't know if you're ever going to see that, Bob. I, you know, it's uh, you and I. You and I both know. I mean, you know, my wife Chris said something to me the other day. We were talking about the, the local politics and everything, and she said, "What happened to the candidates to just get up there and just say what they're going to do, yeah. and what they can do, and what they're going to need help doing?" You know, I got one of them. I won't mention names today, but I, you know, who said. I guarantee you, uh, your, your taxes will never get raised. This is a mayoral candidate, okay? Uh-huh. That I promise you, uh, you, you, um, uh, I will not raise your taxes. Now, how does one person make a promise like that? Yeah. Okay, and yet you have somebody sitting in their home who's maybe new down here or doesn't understand whatever. Says, "Wow, well, well, gee, we, we maybe we ought to vote for for this person. Uh, we're never going to have a tax increase, and believe it." You know what I mean? Yes, I do. Those, those are the things are like if I said I was going to do something or if I said I wasn't going to do something. And here's the reason why it was good enough. People understood it. Uh-huh. But anyway, we're, we're on we're on soap uh, soapbox derbies today or whatever it is. But you say. <laughs> well, but the, the point is, I think that uh, people I mean, there's training. You can actually learn how to con- resolve conflicts without. Uh, escalating the right the, and and you know we've lost that art for some reason apparently this derivation of what happened in kansas city is apparently there was a disagreement among a couple of people i don't know about what they don't know what about what at this point but the point is that it ended up in a gunfight how, how ridiculous is that yeah yeah i, I mean it, it it is it is ridiculous and uh you know when we look at the look at the whole situation in the in the world today and uh um, you just, you know, sometimes you have to say to yourself, uh, you're sitting having your breakfast or whatever, say, you know what, if it, it doesn't affect me, I, I just can't get involved in it because, um, there's just too much. You'd spend days and you'd spend your whole day going from one thing to another. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's true. Just, well, you're talking to a guy that does exactly that. <laughs> yes, I know you do. I know you do. But uh, Naples was having a heck of a season. Uh, I can say that. Uh, 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 the, the traffic is out there, no doubt about it. And um, the uh, restaurants seem to be doing well. We get we got some new restaurants. Uh, have you tried any? Really haven't tried anything. I've got Blue Provence, uh, Lulabee's Diner, go to occasionally. It's a uh, yeah, you know, we, but those are kind of, you know, we've we've just I think just reduced our activity in terms of new restaurants uh, as we begin right. to age, Bill. Yeah, I understand. And by the way, I have very strict orders uh, uh, from my wife. That she said, "Will you speak to Bob Harden? Please tell him uh, we need to go out to dinner with them at Blue Provence one of these days." So uh, let's get it on the calendar. Time. We'd love to do that. Yep. <laughs> We'd love to so, do. Anyway, um, uh, other than that, I mean, I'm, I'll be glad when this uh, local election is over. Um, I'm hoping that um, that uh, the candidates that deserve to get in get in, and that the city needs a lot of work. There's no two ways about it. And uh, I now see that I just saw this morning, and it's time to go. That DeSantis, I, I um, <clears throat> now that he's not. Um, doing any more presidential campaigning. I saw in the uh, newspaper this morning that um, they're going to, they're, it sounds like they're going to get involved in local politics again uh, with what you can do or what you can't do. And uh, uh, I hope I didn't read that right, but well, I'll take another look at it. And you know, you make a good point because home rule is critical for people to make, the closer you can get to the individual citizen in terms of how rules are created, the better it is. The unfortunate part, though, is that we have some communities where, uh, you know, any reason is just totally escaped, and they started deciding things like, uh, uh, you know, identity politics and all that type of thing. So there's right. two sides to that question, I, and I, I think it de- deserves a reasonable debate. Yeah, it does. It does. But um, as I say, we, we fought hard for home rule, and uh, um, uh, and now to have some of it taken away is um, is really tough. You can't you run your local city or, or town. Uh, you got to be able to make some of your own rules that will that you can stick to and that are not subject to uh, uh, to, to the state 
taking over. You know yeah, what I mean? I definitely do. Bill Barnett, former mayor of Naples, maybe the best mayor that ever walked the face of the earth. <laughs> I just genuinely appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, Bob, and you have a great day. You Thank as well. You. Thank you so much. All right, well, that's a wrap here on today's show. I hope you enjoyed it. We've got a great lineup of guests tomorrow, so I hope you'll tune in. And by the way, if you enjoy the show, let your neighbors know that's one of the ways that we support our advertisers, and we can't do the show without them. I hope you make it a great day on the Paradise Coast or wherever you are. Namaste. Thanks so much for listening to the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. For more information and audio files of previous shows, visit www.bobharden.com. Thank you.